Blog Talk Radio. Saturday morning going out to you and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show, the program where we invite you to suggest guests and topics. We've had some pretty good ideas sent this way, so I know you're going to love what's lined up for you today. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm happy to be part of KGIL's informative and entertaining weekend news talk lineup, which includes PJ Oakland's Tuned In. And that show follows us each Saturday morning at 6.30, so when we wrap up here, be sure to stick around. But let's talk about the pet place now. Right after our first break, we'll have a very special guest who is an animal communicator. Her name is Janet Hicks, and she has some pretty amazing topics to discuss. Then later, author Alyssa Merlin will be joining us to explain exactly how one goes about finding the perfect veterinarian. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 540 and 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 540 and 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and joining me now is an animal communicator, Janet Hicks. Good morning, Janet. Welcome to the Pet Place. Thanks, Marie. Okay, first of all, I need to ask you, for our listening audience, what is an animal communicator? An animal communicator is someone that can actually telepathically communicate with animals. And that would be all animals, not just specifically dogs or cats. Well, I work with all animals. Okay. I won't speak for everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when did you find out that you had this gift? Well, I was actually in graduate school, um, and I was in a writing program, and I used to meditate a lot in between to uh, clear my mind. Okay. And I also had this little dog who named May who was a very pro- problematic eater. Okay. So I used to try to guess at what she wanted, and then one day in the middle of meditating, I got this picture, of, like a particular can of dog food. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I knew it wasn't coming from me, and I looked over at her, and she's just staring at me. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. Wow. So I, of course, had to, like, put down all the wrong kinds of dog food, because I had quite a stash of, like, help food, dog foods, and... Uh, and your dog wanted the junk <clears throat> food, apparently. No, no, no. It was just like, <laughs> she wanted the good stuff, because I never gave her junk oh, food. Okay. But she wanted, you know, she was very particular. Instead of me going through this whole ritual every day, then she started sending me this, the, these, uh, her her uh, preferred menu for the oh, day. Funny. That's how so, it started. So she was able to spot which cans that she liked and which cans that she didn't and and then make sure that you got the message straight. Exactly, and she was very good at sending these pictures. Animals wow. vary in their ability to send, you know, concise, color-correct pictures. Okay. Some are really good at it and some are on the other end of the scale. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So you might not necessarily be able to have such clear um, communication with some animals then. Well, it's usually, it's it's not so much a matter of whether it's clear or not. It's usually a matter of how they communicate. Okay. Some, yeah, some animals use more wor- words 
are their strong point. Others, pictures and words. Others will send very clear, like, body sensations. Oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What What do you mean by body sensations? Like well, if they're having pain? They're exactly. I oh. work uh, with a lot of medical cases. I okay. team up with vets sometimes. Okay. And um, what a lot of times they will come to me because they can't, they're not reaching a concise diagnosis. And um, what I'll do is talk to the animal, and they can actually send me the pain where and the symptoms. Like I'll feel like sometimes flu-like symptoms, or I'll get a pain in my neck. And sometimes, I'll, like I worked with one little dog who actually, little tiny chihuahua, only a few pounds, and they could not figure out why she was like shrieking in pain. Okay. They x-rayed her everything and then she showed me exactly very clear picture and she sent me a pain in my neck of where <laughs> this this uh you know pain was and it was really acute and she said it felt like pinching okay now they they could go in precisely and uh, to this area where they had missed it before and really focus in and sure enough the, these ligaments had separated from the bone oh, and wow. yeah so it was very helpful now, when you're you're talking about this, you're saying that um, the pets are actually telling you. Are you just focusing in on their thoughts, or do you feel that there really is sort of a two-way communication going on? I definitely feel that there's a two-way communication okay. because they do respond to a particular question. Oh, okay. There's a lot of times when I work with people, say, with behavior cases or with vets, vets, I'll ask them sometimes, what do you want me to ask them? And I'm asking for specifics. And the same thing with behavior, like, why do you do this? Okay. You know, so it is definitely a dialogue. Well, let me ask you this. Once you first realized that you were able to have this communication with your own dog, um, did you then start experimenting and going out and uh, checking out your friend's pets? And well, that's exactly what I did because okay. I hadn't actually, at that point, I was so into my graduate studies, I hadn't even heard of animal communicating. Okay. So what I started to do was the first, the next uh, case was uh, my people across the hall actually adopted a dog from the local shelter. And they were completely flabbergasted as to what to name the dog. They, I don't know why it was such a big deal, but they were really bent out of shape uh-huh. about this. And I ran into them in the hall, and the dog clearly told me, my name is Doug. Really? And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Wow. <laughs> and I said to them, oh, what about the name Doug? And they looked at me like I was an idiot, like that was the <laughs> stupidest name ever, which I, in fact, thought it was an odd name. Doug the dog. But the dog, <laughs> Doug the dog, actually jumped into the air. Wet. It was like a full body wag. He was so excited. And they were, their mouths fell open and... Doug was his name. Well, so that might yeah. have been his name previously before they adopted him. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And I also started working with, and then I just got really curious about me initiating because on these, uh, both of these times, they were just sending to me. Okay. So then I started experimenting with people whose animals had issues, and it just kind of grew from there. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. Once you realized that you were able to do this, did you follow up with getting some formal training to enhance the skills that were already natural? Yes. After I moved um, from New York to Los Angeles, I started looking into this, and um, I found a really great 
a communicator named Carol Gurney who's pretty well known, and she had a great training program, and it was local. So I studied with her, and actually she uh, asked me to start handling her clients when she was doing her book tour. Oh, wow. And that's kind of how I got jump-started into this as doing this as a full-time profession. And and did you learn some new things uh, that helped you to enhance your communication skills at that point? Yes, it was really helpful because, um, I mean, I was just kind of winging it from other types of healing uh, that I had studied and okay. uh, other psychic techniques, but, you know, uh, Carol was really helpful in teaching different um, things such as bo- doing body scans, being able to actually go into the animal's body and energetically seeing where things are being held, both like whether it's muscular or um whether it's actually in each organ, and also doing chakra readings really helps to find where trauma is located in the animal. I work with a lot of rescues. There's a lot of abandonment and abuse issues, and you can go into those chakras, send healing, which I also learned how to direct that with her, and um, get to the, you know, the core of what the abuse was and be able to start facilitating the healing. Oh, wow. What do you think the most common uh, call is that you get to help people with their animals? When um, somebody calls you, what what usually are they calling you about? Most is some kind of anxiety issue, whether it's like a peeing cat. Okay. <laughs> That's a very popular one because it's so annoying. Uh-huh. <laughs> and dogs that have panic attacks like separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, so dealing with those issues, usually people take them to the vets first, find out there's nothing physically wrong, and then they don't know what to do, you know. Okay. Um, and then they call me. Okay, and, and, and how do you work with the people once they've called you? Um, are, are the people who call you, I mean, they must already generally be open-minded about what you can do in these situations, right? Well, some are and some aren't. Some call me and say, I don't even believe in this, but I don't know what else. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, that's okay. You don't have to. Okay. You know, I don't, I'm not offended by that. And, um, it, you know, and I said, you know what, Some on any given day I might not think that, that I believe it either, but I keep getting results, and that's what's important is that it is helping to facilitate healing in animals. That's amazing. Now, how can people actually get a hold of you if they need you, if their their pet is having some problems, uh, behavioral or health? Um, how can somebody get a hold of you? Well, um, they can either call me. My home number, home office number is 424-772-6520. My email address is doggylama, D-O-G-G-I. <laughs> L-A-M-A at AOL.com. I love that. You better say it one more time because I was cracking up while you were telling it. Doggy Llama. Okay. That was a nickname for my first dog, yeah. Doggy Llama, D-O-G-G-I-L-A-M-A at AOL.com. Perfect. Okay. Now, do is it possible that, that most of us have the ability to communicate with their pets? We just are... Um, you know, just too ingrained in believing it's not possible that we can't tap into that? Or yep. is it really just something that only a few people are gifted with? Well, I do think that, you know, maybe like anything, mm-hmm. you know, some people have more of an aptitude that is just sort of naturally there. Like for me, it just started happening to me. But I do believe that it is something that everybody can learn. 
I've actually taught classes and people that have had no prior psychic experiences, anything, and by the end of it, they were actually, you know, able to get information from another person. We do a thing where we switch and everybody has everybody else's animals so they can oh, get valid okay. yeah, so they can get validation whether like yeah, that is true. That is what they would say or what they eat or what the, you know, something whatever the sure, question is. Right, because so, their owner would be right there exactly. being able to say, "Yes, you're right. You exactly. got it." Exactly. And I think wow. that's it is that we don't really in this culture like that's not something that's taught in first, second grade. No. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's so people are intimidated by it. But I think if it were actually included in a curriculum, then uh-huh. it would be something more casual. Well, do you still teach? Yes, I do. And I have a whole new line of classes that are coming out in the fall. And uh, people can contact me through, you know, either the phone number or uh, email address, and also uh, I have a website that is also my rescue group that I also have. Oh, tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, I have a a group that I started out of just seeing in my neighbor first new neighborhood I lived in L.A. how many strays there were. I just oh, started no. collecting them <laughs> off the street. And my partner, Richard, he decided we needed to actually do this officially, uh, you know, to have this be an entity, a, a group, and he actually took care of all that. But um, I um, was just busy doing the work, and uh, I, ha- you know, placed m- hundreds of dogs and cats, and uh, those are mostly what I, you know, What is your animals. website for your rescue, then? Uh, it's Well, the name of my rescue is the Bumper Foundation, and the web address is www.bumper found f-u-n-d dot org oh fantastic janet this is all such fascinating information i know pet place listeners probably um are very taken with everything you've talked about today thanks so much for being here we need to take a quick station break but don't go away we'll be right back on the pet place radio show here on kgil am 540 and 1260. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL AM 540 and 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm delighted to introduce our next guest, Elisa Merlin. Good morning, Elisa, and thanks for coming out Hi, to the Marie. station today. Oh, thanks for inviting me over. Now, now you have written a very cool book about keeping your vet costs to a minimum. Can yes. you tell me a little bit about that? Well, you know, I've been a vet tech for 25 years. That's the animal nurse. And I found that there were so many practices going on in animal hospitals that cost owners money, mm-hmm. things that were just maybe unnecessary, you know, and certainly hindsight is twenty twenty. but I realized that there were some simple things people can do to avoid high vet bills. Oh, gosh, you're not kidding. You know, the last time I took my kitty in to the veterinarian, I just needed to get a real simple procedure done, hmm. and he wanted to do all kinds of lab work and, right. and 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 give vaccinations. And I'm an animal health tech too, and I give my pets their own vaccinations. Sure. Sure. So, you know, I don't really have records other than my receipts for right. actually um, paying for the vaccinations yeah, themselves. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he, he didn't want to accept that. He wanted to re-vaccinate mm-hmm. my, my cats, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. 
I as wasn't if, excited about. <laughs> as if it wouldn't hurt them. And, right, you know, we yeah. know now that over-vaccination really does hurt our pets. It's not a completely innocuous thing where, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he may have gotten the shots before. We'll just go ahead and do it anyway. No, it, it doesn't work that way. No, it's amazing. And, and I look out and I feel like every time I go to the vet, I'm helping him get, you know, a new Mercedes or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is an icky feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just, I haven't been able to find a veterinarian who seems like he or she truly just is in it because, they care about the animals anymore, and that's frustrating. It really seems like they've all gone to the same uh, make-money-quick workshop. <laughs> yeah, it, it does seem like a lot of them are just in business to be in business, that the love of animals kind of, I don't know if they lost it in vet school or what, but, you know, there are so many good vets out there. Um, I find the ones that like to do continued education, you know, you'll see journals in the waiting room, um, the hospital should never smell. The staff should always be courteous and friendly and be able to find your record. How many times have you watched the receptionist look for your record? Or I've even had doctors, you know, going off the wrong record oh, no. with a patient wow. where they're saying, okay, Fluffy's here for a blood pressure check. Well, my dog's name's not Fluffy. You know, and, oh, oops, I've got the wrong record. So, you know, there are little things that you can look for. And another thing, a, a pet peeve of mine is the place should never smell. Oh, it yeah. should not smell like a kennel, nope. that's a very bad sign. That means that whatever you don't see that's going on in the back is just ugh, not a good thing. That's right. Well, how do you find the perfect veterinarian who's going to have a nice staff, a clean environment, and not try and take your last dime just because you walked through the door? Yeah, I know. Well, I find <laughs> it's always best to go word of mouth, right? We all okay. like to do that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people will pick vets based on location. Mm -hmm. I'd rather drive across town for a veterinarian that I know is good, that isn't going to over-vaccinate, do uh, di unnecessary diagnostics. You know, there are a lot of things that you look for, but, um, but it's worth the drive. It really okay. is. And the other thing I am so adamant about, because I have worked in specialty hospitals, mm -hmm. is if there's something wrong with your pet and you're not getting anywhere in a week with your regular veterinarian or two, if there's no improvement, please ask to see a specialist. You can save so much money in the long run okay. by having it fixed properly the first time, sure. especially if you're talking about something like surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, surgeries can go wrong, broken bones even can heal improperly, and then you end up with a big mess that's going to cost wow. three times more for someone else to fix. Now, if you have an unusual pet, too, even if you have a veterinarian that you like, mm -hmm. do you recommend finding somebody who is specializing yes, in that species? Yes, ma'am. I've got dogs and cats. I also have birds. I have a bird vet for the birds. It's a completely different uh, style of medicine. The hospital is different. It's quieter. It's, you know, you really do need to find the right vet. And in Los Angeles, certainly, we have so many options. We're very lucky here. Not all places are that, uh, you know, they don't have those choices. I'm wondering if by any chance you've created kind of a uh, a website where people can go where they can rate the veterinarians so that other people can look and see. Actually, we did that for a while on PetBond.com. That's my rescue adoption and advice site. Um, I'm not sure that we have that, but, you know, there are certain other websites, too, that will do the rate of that thing. I think it's a great service, and I think that um, people really should not be afraid to speak out, mm -hmm. talk about their veterinarians. I think a lot of us 
feel funny maybe talking about somebody, you know, like, oh, well, sure. you don't want to say anything nasty, but it's really important to help others. Right, and if you could do it anonymously, t- anonymously. Yes. Yeah, I can't it even certainly say that. helps if you don't have to put your name on it. Yeah. If it you helps. can do it in secret. Yes, yes. <laughs> do it in secret. Right, right, right. And then that way everybody else can come on the website and, and see the results. And, exactly. And know that they're getting a very candid mm-hmm. uh, answer to maybe. So that's something you should do for your website. Well, we did, we, like I say, we did have that for a while, and I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, it's not too hard to hard bring to that back. Okay, no, I think it would all. be great to yeah. have on there. Yeah. Tell me a little bit um, about your rescue. What are you doing with your rescue? Well, we are an internet-based rescue. We okay. realized a long time ago that the best way, actually before the city was putting animals online, we got a group of volunteers out and took pictures of the L.A. City shelter animals and put them online on our website so that if you're, for example, searching for an orange male tabby cat, you don't have to go to six shelters to find that particular animal. We've noticed that uh, with Pet Bond, people are looking for something specific. They're, they know what they want. They would rather not go through lines and lines of rescue cages. It's very heartbreaking for many people sure. and distressing. So um, primarily our website, actually it's national. You can search for what you want. When we're in your area code and find pictures that match the description. Oh, wow. We've saved thousands and thousands of animals. It's been around for uh, almost 10 years. Yeah, wow. 1999. Congratulations. So, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. And because of Pet Bond, the city saw the value in putting animals online, and I like to believe that we hastened them along to getting their own website, oh, which was our good. goal yeah. in the very beginning. We wanted them to do it themselves. We wanted every animal. That way, too, 70%, up to 70% of the animals in shelters are actually lost. If you've lost your pet, you can go online and type in white poodle and see if there's a white poodle sure. anywhere instead of having to go from shelter to shelter to shelter. But Sometimes I still strongly recommend going to shelters anyway Why, yourself sure. because um, sometimes shelter staff uh, kind of get the breeds mixed well, up. Well, that's true, and, too. And they might call a white poodle a, a, or, something. Yeah, or a yeah. cockapoo or you never know what. That's so true. Best to just double-check yourself if you've lost a pet. Make the trips to all the shelters mm-hmm. and go it's as heartbreaking often how as many yeah. lose their lives because their owners haven't found them. But let's say somebody adopts a pet mm-hmm. from a shelter and they've had a pet, you know, for a long, long time and it's been a wonderful life. I know you also give advice to at the end of a pet's life, you know, about right. when the right time comes. How do you know when yeah. it's time to say goodbye? I uh-huh. have three criteria that I like to uh, use. If the animal isn't eating, if the animal can't walk, and if the animal is incontinent, therefore can't walk, therefore pooping and peeing and sitting in it, it's really time to let the pet go. In my experience, they never come back from that. That is definitely the point of no return. I believe that their life is uh, miserable at that point, and it's okay to say goodbye. I know a lot of people feel guilty if they feel that they let them go too soon, but believe me, you'll feel guilty if you keep them in misery too long. Absolutely. It's it's a responsibility that a lot of people don't want to um, really face up to. But when I worked in animal control, which is was one of my many jobs over mm-hmm. the years, um, sometimes we'd get calls involving people who just let their pets suffer in the end. And it was just horrible. I mean, just Not definitely good. bordering on cruelty it, it to really animals is. It at really that is. point. And so as tough, of a time as it is, you really do, as a, a good and loving pet 
owner mm-hmm. um, make the decision to do this when it's time. Right, right. I think it's very important. And all of these things are in my book, Elisa Merlin's Secrets to Lower Vet Bills, that you can get through PetBond.com. Um, I also have a website called PetCareCoach.com. So you don't have to remember all of this stuff. You know, it is in the book, and I, I think that it does help just to give you, you know, some some background. You don't have to feel alone when you're making these decisions. Lisa, that's all such great information. You know, again, with all of our guests that come on the show, we always have to rush right on through. So be sure and visit Elisa's website, which is, again, Pet Bond, like the bond we have with our pets, mm-hmm. .com. Excellent. Well, we have to take one more quick break, but we'll be back in just a bit. So please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 540 and 1260. <laughs> We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I want to tell you about some Pet Place events that are coming up. The Pet Place family is back to making special appearances at Ralph's Grocery Stores. On Sunday, July 20th, from noon to 2 p.m., we'll be at the Aliso Viejo Ralph's, located at 26901 Aliso Creek Road in Aliso Viejo, California, 92656. And on the following Saturday, July 26th, we'll be at the Whittier Ralphs at 14919 Whittier Boulevard, number, I guess, Unit A, and that's in Whittier, California, 90605, again, from noon to 2 p.m. If you can't come out and see us during the daytime for any reason, we've also started having some pet place dinners at an amazingly yummy Italian restaurant called Flavia's Italian Kitchen, which is located at 14425 Newport Avenue in Tustin. We'll be having some fun there on Thursday, July 24th from 6 to 9 p.m. And, of course, Flavia's will be donating a portion of the proceeds generated that night to help the pet place find homes for animals in shelters and rescues. So do come out and visit us and have some great food while helping homeless pets. Coming up next is PJ Oakland's Tuned In Radio Show, so don't go away. That's all for me today. The Pet Place will be back next Saturday at 6 a.m. here on KGIL AM 540 and 1260. Remember, be responsible, have your pets spayed or neutered, love them, and make them truly part of your family. I'm Marie Hewitt. Have a great weekend. <laughs> 